you you can lose a deal but never lose a relationship you you have to always show the positive side you know because otherwise the seller's ability to take pressure is different than the your ability to take pressure so you have to keep on inspiring the sellers to go and perform welcome this is zia here and my guest today is prasoon saxena president at ntt data a top 10 leader in it and business services prasoon has seen it all and has great insights for all enterprise sales leaders today without further ado let's get started hi prasoon this is uh, this is exciting thanks for joining appreciate that hey, thank you zia uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you meet with you uh, and yeah good to reconnect and i'm looking forward to the podcast Awesome, thank you. So, Prasun, uh, just just to uh, set the things rolling, if you can tell us about your journey so far, talk to us about your professional journey, connect the dots for us, uh, please. Sure. Um, so, you know, I have experience over twenty five years in the IT sector, mostly in the uh, you know the sales. I started as a sales executive way back in nineteen ninety six when I joined uh, Wipro. um and i was responsible for the telecom sector um uh, so telecom internet service provider the wireless services mobility was just taking off in india at that point of time and uh, i was hired as a sales executive to selling into those accounts uh, i had a good run for almost 3 years 3 and a half years uh when uh, one of the executives at wipro called me and said hey do you want to try something new i said what is new and uh, this was uh, joining uh, a team that was going to uh, run um, the sales uh, in the asia pacific and middle east business for the services business and uh, so i joined that team and i was managing uh, uh, the uh, what what they call the uh, e-commerce solutions and services sales in the asia pacific middle east market it was a great experience you know i remember flying into uh, you know a, a client in kerala uh, trying to sell a portal deal and what not so it was fun and 2001 uh, again one of the executives uh, at wipro called me and said hey you know uh, they are looking at uh, establishing the business for the telecom service part of business in north america uh, will i be open to relocating to the us and i asked my wife i said what do you think and uh, we were expecting our first child and she said yes i called my parents they said yes and i thought i'll be just going in for 3 years uh, but here we are you know spent 20 years plus in the us uh, so i uh, was managing telecom service part of sales uh, 911 happened uh, and and then you know if you remember there were scandals you know like the the quest financial scandal or mci and enron whole bunch of scandals happened and telecom service provider business really got impacted and i had a couple of years of you know very challenging um time to meet my plan meet my quota uh, but you know the leadership was very supportive uh, and then i started opening some accounts and you know it had a good run for until 2008 when i started feeling like you know this is enough i want to go and do something else in life again uh, i had a call from another executive at wipro and said hey you know we are going to sign a contract with general electric and uh, it's zero revenue uh, very competitive field 
would you like to take the responsibility of a global CE job? And I said yes to that. Um, and uh, for two, two and a half years, I ran that account uh, very successfully. Uh, we had a good growth in two and a half years, uh, nice and profitable. And profitable word is kind of uh, a question mark when you're handling GE account, but it was nice for us. And uh, 2011 uh, is when, uh, again, one of the executives called me and said, you know, uh, enough of managing General Electric. I want you to do something else. And uh, I was made responsible for the sales uh, for Wipro's manufacturing high-tech business. I ran it for a couple of years. And then they said, you know what? Uh, we will take out all the existing accounts from you, go and establish a new logo engine hunting. Um, and I, I took over the responsibility. I basically established a new logo. And I had the opportunity and privilege of working with you, Zia, in that team. And uh, it was a good run, you know, good run for two years. And again, I was like, okay, uh, I want to go and do something else now. And uh, I got a call from Dell Services uh, to lead the manufacturing sector uh, globally. I took the responsibility. I joined, joined them. Uh, and two years, uh, was it 2016, when uh, Dell, Michael Dell decided to sell the services business to Entity Data. And uh, I transitioned into Entity Data. And here I am now responsible for all of manufacturing business uh, at Entity Data Services. So if I look at my, back my career, you know, 25 years or so, uh, one thing uh, that worked for me uh, has been that I've taken chances, right? I've, I've never been uh, uh, happy uh, or I should say uh, not satisfied all the time. You know, you have to always look for your next challenge. What's the next challenge? And uh, I always took some chances. I always took some risk. Uh, I remember when I took the GE account, you know, guys were like, why are you taking that? You know, you, you are setting yourself for failure. Or when I was going to run the hunting for Wipro, you know, everyone said, hey, why are you doing this? When I was joining Dell services, you know, Dell is into hardware. Why are you taking that job, right? NTT data, no one has heard of them. And now a lot of people know about NTT data. But that point, why are you joining NTT data? So I have taken my chances and it has played off uh, quite well, Zia. So I'm very happy and satisfied with what I've achieved so far. But I'm not done. I'm going to keep trying to grow. <laughs> That's that's a great advice, uh, Prasoon. Right? You know, keep keep taking chances, uh, keep uh, questioning the status quo. I guess, right? So that's that's fantastic. So congratulations. That's that's a stellar uh, you know career so far, uh, Prasoon. And now you are the executive calling other folks. I guess, right? Instead of getting calls from the executives, <laughs> I'm always looking for good people, right? Good talent. Uh, and <laughs> you, it's not easy to find. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. So I think just elaborating on that point where you said, you know, you're finding, uh, looking for people, right? So when you're looking to hire someone, uh, Prasoon, uh, right? How, how, what are you looking for? What attributes do you really look for? And how do you kind of measure or, um, you know, you're, you're, how, what, what do you do? Uh? See, they, see, number one is, you know, when I'm going and hiring in the market, number one I look for is the integrity and ability to establish trust. You know, yeah, in most of the people you talk to, you know, they're high on integrity, but ability to establish the trust with anyone for that matter is not easy, right? And, uh, and that's very important to me, right? When you're talking to a client, 
the first thing you want to do is to establish that trust. I mean, I've seen you also in actions here, you know, what you did with some of the accounts that we have pursued, you know, basically establish the trust, right? This is the number one most important thing. The second thing is passion to win. You know, are you passionate about what you're pursuing in your business or not? Are you passionate about your company that you represent? Are you passionate about the offerings, the solutions that you're taking to your customers? It's extremely important. Do you have passion to win? I mean, we are all a fan of cricket and you saw India winning against uh, England yesterday. There is a passion to win, right? So that's that's the second thing. The third thing is the understanding of the market and some of the recent trends. We, you know, I've spoken to some, like one person I interviewed last week, you know, very good on first two, but the third, uh, he was a little lost on some of the recent trends on say analytics and digital and cloud. He didn't know, you know, he, I saw him more as a staffing TNM in a project related work, but not good for being a strategic seller. I didn't find that. Tip. So those are the three things I look for. I mean, there are many other things, but those are the three things basically I look for, right? How do you go about, uh, you know, measuring the trust factor, uh, right? Uh, their ability to quickly build trust. How, how do you, you know, uh, measure that? Similarly, how do you uh, measure how, how passionate are these guys, uh, the guys or gals that you interview? Yeah. yeah, see, the, you know, the, the trust is basically, you know, when you ask the question, you know, you have been in the industry for over 20, 25 years, right? You, you talk to them and, and try to understand, hey, how did you do, really go and win the deal? And we all know, uh, Zia, you know, uh, dealing with multiple clients and multiple challenges in pursuing a deal, you know, what you really face. So when you interview a candidate, you want to make sure that candidate is coming across honest and um, also sharing with me openly about the challenges he or she faced uh, versus painting a very rosy picture. Right? I want to know the facts. I want to know the reality. I want to know where you get stuck. I want to know, you know, uh, the failures about your failures and uh, how did you overcome those uh, failures, right? Uh, and uh, uh, talking about the customers, you know, and you know, I'm not talking about the names as such, but you know, giving names, references. Hey, I worked with this particular client, this type of customer. This is what I did. You know, so when you walk me through uh, the specific details and uh, specific scenarios, uh, I can really make out, you know, whether you're genuine, whether you are, uh, you have been able to establish the trust or not, right? So I always ask, not the straight questions. I will always ask, you know, the once which are into the details of it saying how did you do this how did how did you wh- what happened you know when you lost a deal you know how did you really what are the steps you ta- took kind of stuff uh, in today's world uh, right i mean what what do you feel are the key attributes of a successful uh, enterprise salesperson now prasoon i mean obviously trust and integrity is something the clients also see but outside of that what do you think uh, someone needs to be uh, uh, the key attribute for someone to succeed now I think number one thing I look at is ability to read the situation politics in the account, right? So assuming that, you know, the individual has the integrity, has the ability to trust the account or, or uh, uh, establish the trust with the client, 
uh, whether he or she is able to understand the situation and understand the politics in the account. We all know in sales situation, you know, the, the politics play an extremely important role. Uh, you know, where is the power center? Who is going to really spend the money? Who are the detractors? You know, a lot of times, you know, you go for a meeting and you will see, you know, everybody kind of nodding the head uh, and you will still lose the deal. So I always ask the, the difficult questions, uh, the yellow flags and the red flags. You know, where is your red flag? Where is your yellow flag? And what are you doing about it? So what uh, I have established, uh, you know, businesses, you know, some of the Covey best practices, uh, Franklin Covey best practices, uh, where, you know, your simple template you follow and you look at uh, the yellow light and red lights, you know, it's like a formula. When you answer some questions, you know, it'll pop up your uh, whether your deal is yellow or red and where you are yellow and red. And then you basically dive, deep dive and you coach the seller, right? But but I always look for a seller, you know, who can read the situation and understand the yellow and red lights, you know. So for me, the individual who can do it uh, is is the perfect seller in my mind, right? But, you know, we know that it's not always the case. So we are willing to coach. Second thing I, I look for is whether he or she is coachable or not, right? The typical headstrong individuals, uh, I think they won't be able to scale in the organization. That's second thing. The, the third thing I look for is their uh, ability to pick the right team, right pursuit team for the account. You know, pick your team, you know, whether not just the competency, but, you know, will they be able to gel well with uh, the client or not? Um, so I would say, you know, those are the four things I basically look for in the enterprise seller, right? Whether A, you know, can he or she read the situation, the politics in the account, B, ability to understand the red lights and yellow lights, three, uh, you know, ability to pick the right right team for uh, for the pers- for the account and also not to digress but i think also an ability to send uh, dessert to your competitor team would also be uh... <laughs> that's fun that's fun exactly so yeah no i agree with you i think uh, understanding your com- competition is also extremely important right and who is who there so prasoon uh, you know things things of course have changed uh, would love to understand your perspective on what you feel are the top challenges currently faced by the sales teams and what is your advice for them? How to overcome those uh, challenges? And I would say in last 18 months or 20 months, you know, how and what you sell to the customers have changed drastically. It's just 180 degrees, right? And uh, we typically, a lot of us, you know, who come from an outsourcing business, you know, we approach outsourcing. Our approach has always been, hey, you know, let's go and find some outsourcing deals, right? But the way outsourcing deals are being constructed has changed completely. So, you know, uh, we are about to, uh, you know, sign a contract with a customer very large. And, uh, you know, there was an incumbent and uh, this incumbent has been offering, you know, services, meeting SLAs, you know, everything is green. You know, the few challenges here on the delivery, et cetera. But I think where what they forgot was, hey, you have to now transform. So the customer's expectations are changing. It's a lot more transformative, a lot more business-oriented. Outside the CIO organization, you know, how many more relationships you are building? Uh, I was with a client uh, last week 
with uh, one of their uh, presidents of one of the business units of the customer. In fact, I also met with one of the CEOs of the company last week. And the, the conversation is uh, not about how do I cut my cost in IT, but how do I transform my business? How do I monetize my analytics? Or how do I monetize my data? Right. So the discussion, the discussions are happening at a different level, and that's where the spend is happening. So all the so so this guy basically said is that seventy percent of the discretionary spend is coming from their presidents of the business units, not from IT. Yes, IT will enable it, but are you understanding the business problem of the customer or not? And uh, uh, typically. Uh, you know, you talk to many sellers, they are very comfortable selling to a IT organization, director of infrastructure, director of application services, uh, maybe to the CIO, right? But not comfortable to have a conversation with a, a president of uh, e-commerce, for example, or a president of one of the business units. You know, how, how, how do we uh, make them more successful? And uh, And that's what, uh, you know, I am... I'm looking for when I go and look for salespeople, saying how many such conversations you have had, and I, I track that metrics. So I clearly see there's a discomfort with many of the sellers to have those conversations. And uh, how do you create an opportunity from there? So it, it's not about you know posting two bodies there, but how do you how do you take it from having that conversation to creating a large transaction? So coming back to the point I was making earlier with this, uh, uh, with this customer, this incumbent, you know, offering ITO application support and whatnot, but they forgot that you know the customer's business has changed in eighteen months, and they have cash. You know, they have significant cash in the bank, and uh, on the run operations, you know, they want a cost cutting, they want productivity, they want bot, they want automation, they want modernization. But how are you going to take them to cloud? How are you going to use the power of analytics? How are you going to help them with this uh, improving their uh, inventory turn, turn? How are you going to improve the supply chain? And you know all these areas are, are connected. And I think the, the, typically the sellers, they, they struggle in connecting those dots. And, and those who can are highly paid. I can guarantee you that. So it's very consultative selling. It's very uh, business consulting-led sales now versus, <clears throat> oh, I'm good in outsourcing deals. I'm, I'm good at selling a digital workplace. You know, that practice-based selling is not going to work. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And if you remember, right, I mean, over, for many years now, we have been saying that the spend is moving towards business. But like right, like you rightly said, over the last eighteen to twenty-four months, it has been accelerated, right? Like you now, you're saying seventy percent in your client situation is coming from business. That's awesome, yeah. Absolutely. So there's a there's a customer I was talking to. You know, they make uh, without getting into the details, but basically, uh, their products are used in uh, in a home construction, and in pandemic, they have done really well. <laughs> they have done really well, and. Uh, I said, you certainly have accelerated your spend. Uh, and, you know, we are thinking like, how are we getting all these deals, you know, from left, right and center? And uh, a lot of discretionary spend. And 
you know, his answer was that, hey, Prasud, you know, next two years or so, we don't know how long, you know, this trend will continue, but we want to maximize uh, what is out there in the market for next two to three years. So they are going all out and investing into technologies so that they can maximize their revenue and profits. So that, that brings me to two questions that I wanted to cover later, but, you know, this is perfect, the perfect time to do that. You know, what, what is your advice to sales as uh, to may ensure that they enable that their sales teams are, uh, you know, kind of stepping up and doing this kind of selling, right? What, what is your advice to sales heads in general and how should they focus on this? So first, hire the best talent, right? So easier said than done. But the biggest mistake a lot of sales heads make is that they, they hire the wrong talent. And then after one year, they are put on PIP. And they said, oh, you know, I met my, uh, this person was not performing and I put, put them on PIP. Shame on you, right? And that's what I tell my sales sets, saying, shame on you. You didn't hire the right person and you are putting them on PIP. I mean, see how, you know, we work together. I, I, I hardly put anyone on PIP because I think we had the best team, right? So similarly, uh, you know, have enough scrutiny when you are hiring someone, because you're not only, you know, uh, going to hire a wrong person, but you're also going to screw up somebody's career. Maybe that individual was good for some other company, but don't screw around with the career of people. And once you have hired, make them successful, inspire them, coach them, put them through the training, but make sure you hire the best time. The, the second issue is, is, is coaching, right? Because, Oh, I had the best sales guy, and now I expect the sales guy to go and perform, and I'm going to report my numbers to my executive team, and I met my numbers. No, I don't need the managers. I don't need the managers. I need the true leaders who will coach their team. What are the coaching tools you have? How are you making sure that your your team is updated on the newer technology, the recent trends? Uh, I, I invite... In my town halls, I invite uh, some of the customers to come and talk. In the ground reality, what's happening on the ground? You know, there's a lot of BS out there about digital and whatnot. But what's real? You know, where are the customers spending? What are the customer pain points? How do you create an environment for seller to succeed? Right? It's extremely important. So when I say coach, it's not like, hey, you know, one-on-one coaching. It's like, how do you create that environment? How do you create a training environment? How do you create, how do you bring some of the customers to come and talk to you? You know, how do you get your alliance partners, SAP, Googles of the world to come and talk to you and, and uh, give you some ideas on how to succeed in the market? And third, inspire them. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, when, when you lose deals and, uh, I've been in the industry. There are people I've coached where they lost deals and they said, oh man, we lost this deal. And, you know, there were some of the leaders were all upset with, you know, one of the guys. And I'm like, it's okay. You can lose a deal. You tried hard. You can find it's You lost a deal. You, you can lose a deal, but never lose a relationship. You, you have to always show the positive side, you know, because otherwise... The seller's ability to take pressure is different than the, your ability to take pressure. So you have to keep on inspiring the sellers to go and perform. And it has worked all the time. That's it, right? That's the job description of a leader, right? That you just laid out. 
Uh, another point when you were talking about the customer, uh, you know, one of your ex- customer examples that came to my mind was so Prasun. Obviously, uh, you know, maintaining and building a relationship with CXOs is key, right? What What are your best practices? How do you do that? You always look for an opportunity to connect with the the CXOs. Uh, look, CIOs are in my mind not that difficult. You know, when we can, we all being in IT sector working for a large IT corporation, it's not that difficult to get the CIO meetings and connecting with them. You know, the, the challenge is always, you know, how do you really uh, build relationship outside of the CIOs and the CEOs and the, the CFOs and the CTOs, right? Uh, so, you, you, you know, I've challenged myself, I've challenged my team to go and build relationship outside of the CIO organization. Basically, most of the executives that you'll find in the industry, they're very simple simple people. You know, it's not overly complicated. You know, they're not looking for, hey, what's the what's the happening in cloud stuff and what's happening in the digital digital experience? You know, that's a lot of BS, right? When you go and meet with them, I mean, I, you know, the CEO I met uh, last Friday, in fact, over Zoom, we are talking about simple issues that he has because, you know, I read through his analyst briefings and I basically have a chat with him and saying, Hey, what's what are you doing on the supply chain side, for example? And you know, he, he had looked at supply chain strategy, vendor consolidation, all that cool stuff. But I think he missed out on the the technology aspect of it. And I brought in the technology aspect. I said, what if we talk about this and it, it can probably help you with improving your supply chain resiliency? Then you talked about uh, I was with a fairly large automotive supplier in the Indy 500 event. You know, we are, you know, the prime sponsors uh, of the Indy 500 race. And I was with the, the CXO of fairly large automotive, you know, uh, spending time two and a half days actually with him and his wife. And uh, so they have a good product, but what they lack is the digital experience. And so talking about in last 18 months, you know, how the market has shifted, you know, so as a consumer, I'm looking for that experience. I'm not looking for a product. I'm not looking for a, a cell phone. I'm looking for all the nice applications that go around it. So that was the conversation. So, you know, there's always one simple thing. You you never make a pitch. You know, I, I hate that word, making a pitch. You're having a conversation. You're not making a pitch. You know, I've seen our sellers, sometimes they're saying, oh, here is the pitch for our CXO meeting. I said, I do not want that pitch. I want to understand what are uh, his or her pain point. Where is this company struggling? Where are the opportunities? What are the unknown areas that they have not really tapped into? And then I look for, you know, this is like our Venn diagram that you studied in third or the fourth grade, right? You look for the common areas saying where our company entity can help and where they have the gap. And basically you, you talk through it, right? You talk about issues and then you come up with the opportunities and then it, you know, results into something and then it results in a workshop and then it results in a deal. When you're having the conversation, you're talking about their pain points, you empathize with them, you talk about most of these customers, they want to connect with you because you understand the market, you understand what the other executives are talking about. You know, they want to use you as the sounding board. So you can kill the meeting by making a pitch in first 10 minutes the meeting will be over, he or she will never meet you again. I can guarantee you that. But when you're having a conversation and be genuine and honest about it, 
you will make that connection i think the very important word that you said there again was uh, uh, come across as uh, i mean be genuine right you know that's, that's the most important point that's awesome so thanks for sharing that uh, prasun of course we we all have like you said right some deal losses and uh, we probably learn more from a deal loss than actually winning a deal right and, and anything that you can share some some of the learnings from your recent deal losses would be awesome i always say you know you you never lose either you win or you learn in any deal that you're pursuing you know always have a long term view if you lose this then what's the next thing for us right so i'll start with the deal that we almost lost and now we won so you know this is a customer the incumbent uh, you know had a whole bunch of assets and what not you know so they were kind of stuck to them right but but they were not able to provide the the transformative approach uh, to the customer and this customer was basically was tired of dealing with them uh, but only way they were looking at you know uh, keeping the contract was through the contract hook you know the paper that they have signed you know, the legal way of kind of managing and it never works long term so uh, but there were some reasons why they couldn't terminate the contract and they said you know what we want to stay with the incumbent sorry you lost the deal and our seller came back and said you know what uh, they are going to stay with the incumbent so a deal is lost for us so okay no problem i just reached out to the executives uh, in the company and to their executives in the company and i said if you like the services stay with them i'll support you make sure you have everything from our side we want to be a partner and you know in long term we are looking for a long term perspective i always give this analogy of uh, tennis i started playing uh, a serious tennis 9 months back so when i start planning i used to go for winners you know i'll go for a shot that the opponent can't take and i'll win the point but it's difficult to have those winners rather you want to make sure you throwing the ball back at the court again you know just keep on playing rally uh, till the opponent gets tired and i think that's what we did uh and uh, you know competition made a mistake so very classic example of you know hey you never lose hope you know you you never lose a relationship you can lose deals just stay on it you know you will win the next one whenever the next one happen they're going to call you show your intent to them this another deal uh, we lost I, i would say you know it was not a well managed deal for us where it's a two and a half three billion dollar company the customer was a 2 and a half 3 billion dollar company as you know ntt is a very large very large corporation the sales team was uh, you know our team from uh, europe was basically managing it and uh, they got on a call with this customer and i was on the call with them number one there was a the, there was a lady cio and we had all men uh, and so that was number one mistake now number two mistake was uh we talk too much about the size of our company and how you know the work we do with so the big corporations the fortune 100 fortune 50 companies and fortune 10 companies and uh i knew that we were wrong at that point of time i knew we were going to lose the deal because end of the presentation i asked them do you have any questions and the response from their side was we are overwhelmed so so i knew the answer you know you don't do that to the customer right i mean you have to connect with them culturally and make sure that they're important right not so i think uh, see, most of the time we do a good job you know you you don't uh, 
but you know we do make mistakes in the sales process and you know from our perspective you know this is like a big thing you know we are a big company we do all the school stuff right and here is the customer who's talking about hey you know we got a basic problem you know how are we going to solve the basic problem so understanding the pain points understanding the culture aspect of it making sure that you're connecting and then you go from there yeah yeah right you have to win every every step on in every step yeah every touch point has to be excellent and a uh, very important point you brought up prasoon was about that culture fit right um, you know I, i on this same podcast i have interviewed um, you know senior executives from say corning stanley black and decker amtrak wnet you know many many companies like that and each one of them have spoken about culture being one of the things that they look for when they are selecting their partner so that's that's a great point great absolutely point. So uh so deal laws you know you you have a deal laws and all that but also very importantly uh, you spoke about inspiration motivation and all that so prasun I'd love to know how do you handle a down day when you hit a slump what do you do how, how do you how does prasun handle it so you know i think i've learned a hard way over last 10 years or so you know on how to really manage our stress see if you're in leadership you're expected to handle pressure you're expected to handle the stress um i have learned uh how to turn off and when to turn off so mentally you know uh as you know that you know i basically turn off at 5:36 pm and i'm i'm up at 4 am in the morning and when i turn off i really turn off I, you know i'm not on my mobile phone not checking emails and i need my time when i'm every saturday sunday you know i have my i tennis i, mean, I play competitive tennis now for my town it's a good stress buster for me Uh, i took all my frustration on the court <laughs> but uh, yeah so i i basically go out and play uh, again uh, that's my time when i'm with my wife my family is my family time or my wife's time uh, so you know i think i've learned you know how to bucketize my time and when i'm doing something i'm doing well and sometimes i have to just ignore sudden request coming my way for certain things it is not my priority i'm i'm going to ignore it so i think i i've learned that uh, i do uh, meditate meditate uh, i said i play tennis i keep my stress level low so yeah you know i think a good work life balance uh, is also important and look this is just part of the job you're going to have uh, stress otherwise you know and you'll burn out pretty fast i've seen people burning out you know not even touching 40s they're like okay we are done so prasun this this has been great so one one final question and that that i ask all my uh, guests is you know are you currently hiring in your team and if you are hiring for what roles and what is the best way for someone to reach out yes so we are looking for sales talent uh, we have currently you know seven open positions for sales executives one for the client executive uh it should be on our entity data website you know you can apply through that you know you you can find out the details on the website on who to reach out etc so there there is a lot of good talent listening to this podcast prasun so hopefully you'll you'll get someone so that's pretty awesome and uh, as you know people can also reach out to me i'll be happy to make uh, introductions into entity data it's it's obviously a great company to work for so So that's that's good. So Prasun, thanks again for the taking the time today. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, great advice. Um, you know, looking forward to uh, connect again on this particular topic. Thank you. Thank you, Zia. I really enjoyed the conversation. 
Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please do subscribe to the podcast and I will greatly appreciate if you can leave a review. If you have any suggestions for future guests or any feedback, please write to me at zia at sellingtoenterprises.com. See you on the next episode. Thank you.